Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 145. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and this is The Power Play. Welcome to the Power Play. This has already been quite the weekend for sports, especially endurance sports of sorts. Um, uh, first of all, congratulations to the folks who ran the uh, uh, Silver Rush 50 up in Leadville. I know it was a, a really warm day and uh, a lot of people uh, felt the effects of the heat, uh, dehydration and whatnot, but uh, here it was just a great day in Leadville for the Silver Rush 50. It is a very tough 50-miler uh, in particular. Uh, I just want to acknowledge Aaron Montgomery for the 10 Warriors group who finished in, uh, I think it was about 12 hours and 38 minutes, something like that. So a uh, great job to her. Uh, really proud of her effort as well as, again, everybody up there. It was great. Um, I'm recording this on Sunday morning. Already there have been a couple of really historic things in sports that have happened. It's been cool. I had two TVs going while working out, uh, doing my home gym workout here. And I had um, the Tour de France on one TV. And we had an American win a stage of the Tour de France, Sepp Kuss. And not only an American, but a Colorado kid, uh, 26 years old. Um, he's from Durango named Sepp Kuss. Coos is only the 10th American to ever win a single stage of the Tour de France and the first American since 2011. So uh, you consider that the Tour de France has been around since 1903 and how many stages there are. These days there are 21 stages. That's a lot of stages in which other countries have been winning. And of course, it, Americans have uh, not fared that well in the Tour de France. So it is a huge achievement that Sepp Kuss was able to pull that off today. And uh, it was a cool stage to watch. I don't understand everything about bike racing. I'm still trying to get a handle on all of the tactics and the team things and King of the Mountain and Young Rider and all the other uh, sprint jerseys, all these other things they have. But um, the Sepp Kuss, uh, he was riding up a, uh, they were all riding up a really, steep climb in the uh, Pyrenees. Uh, they ended up in the uh, country of Andorra, which borders France and Spain. It straddles the border there. And uh, man, he just took it to uh, some of these big guys and uh, and all the way down in the final descent, he was getting chased by Alejandro Valverde from Spain, who is the oldest rider in the Tour de France by two and a half years. He's 41 years old, but he's renowned as a guy who, who is a great descender. And so he's getting chased the whole way down to the finish line in Andorra and uh, almost wiped out one time, about three kilometers from the finish, almost hit a guardrail there. But uh, I mean, he, they were flying downhill, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour around these hairpin turns. It was, it was pretty spectacular, really. I mean, I, I admire the Tour de France riders because be, they do have the highest VO2 maxes of, of any athletes out there. And uh, again, even though I don't understand everything about the sport, the tactics and everything, I, I'm just totally in admiration of the amount of power these guys can generate. And um, and then, you know, even seeing the main pack, uh, the leader of the race right now is Tade Tade Pocaccia. It's hard to say. I think he is uh, what Slovenian or some Balkan country, and 
I should know that's not very nice, but uh, but he's been leading. But he was in a group of all the top riders, and they kept attacking each other, you know, making a move, trying to break away on on this uphill. And every time they all responded back, and Pagacha was always back in there, even though they're trying to break him and trying to get an edge on him, try to take his yellow jersey away. But uh, they all they all held together. Pagacha uh, made made his own attacks out there, and uh, you know he's he's still the yellow jersey wearer as they head into a rest day and heading into uh, the last week of the Tour de France. That'll finish next weekend. And then uh, the other TV I had uh, was watching the uh, Wimbledon men's final, which was uh, super exciting. Uh, Novak Djokovic, of course, uh, well-known, uh, you know, been around, uh, going against a rookie in the final, so to speak, Matteo Berrettini from Italy, a young guy who uh, showed a lot of spirit out there. He was tough, and he fought off two championship points in the end, but in the end, uh, Djokovic won, and he ha- now has 20 Grand Slam wins, which ties him with Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. Um, it's just kind of incredible that we are seeing the three best players in the sports history, basically, all at the same time, butting heads. And um, in this case, uh, Djokovic pulled even with those other two guys. It's just amazing. Uh, the previous record had been Pete Sampras with 14 Grand Slam wins, and now all three of them have 20 Grand Slam wins uh, among them, which is just kind of incredible. They're all tied at 20. And uh, Djokovic was just unflappable today. I mean, just didn't matter what was going on. Uh, younger Berrettini um, kept fighting, and uh, Djokovic was just a machine out there. It's just amazing. I've, I've never seen such great drop shots. Uh, it's just amazing the touch these guys can put on the ball and get it to die on grass, which is actually a faster surface. And uh, Djokovic actually um, is in position for something even more historic in a way. He can do what they're calling the golden slam. So there's the grand slam when you win the four grand slams. And uh, Djokovic has already won the Australian Open, the uh, French Open, which is on clay, a much slower surface, and Wimbledon. If he wins the Olympics later this month or next month, I don't know when the tennis goes on, and then the U.S. Open in, in uh, New York, uh, he will end up being the uh, he will win the Golden Slam, which I'm not sure if that's ever been done before. But as it is, um, you know, he's uh, won Wimbledon now for the third year in a row, which has only been done three other times in the Open era since they allowed professionals to play. Uh, before that was Roger Federer, Pete Sampras, and Bjorn Borg. And uh, he's actually won five out of the last six and six overall. So uh, just a, an amazing run by Novak Djokovic. So, uh, you know, some cool stuff to see there endurance sports wise. We got another great sporting event later on today where uh, the Euro finals going on. England is playing Italy. And I know it's not a big deal in the U.S., but it is kind of cool to see England has not been an international final since they won the World Cup in 1966. So um, that that's, a, you know, obviously a very big deal over there. So we'll see how that turns out. And um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm not going to be able to watch that because I'll be over at Coors Field. We've got the All-Star game going on here and the first games, the Futures game and the Celebrity All-Star game are, are going on. So I'll take part uh, or I'll take uh, take in those uh, uh, kind of pre-All-Star game activities. I've been down at the convention center the last two days at the Play Ball Park uh, having a really, really fun time. It's, it's a free event they're having uh, leading up to the All-Star game. Uh, it's got great stuff for the kids. They got all ball fields and, and batting cages and pitching machines and everything set up. And then they also have just some great, great exhibits from the Cooperstown, uh, from the Hall of Fame there. Uh, the Negro Leagues Hall of Fame has a really amazing exhibit. I loved looking at all that because I don't know as much about the Negro Leagues as most of us don't. It's, it's only now become recognized by Major League Baseball. 
baseball for their records and everything. And boy, I tell you what, I learned a lot looking at that exhibit. Like uh, Josh Gibson, for instance, uh, they believe he had more than 800 home runs, more than any major leaguer ever had. Unfortunately, a lot of it wasn't recorded, but um, you know, guys like Cool Papa Bell and Satchel Paige, uh, Judy Johnson, you know, a lot of names you may hear, but a lot of other ones that I, I didn't know much about. It was just really an amazing exhibit. And you know, they had their own all-star game starting in 1933, the same year as Major League Baseball started theirs. And, um, you know, and then they, they continued from uh, the 1920s, roughly. Um, and actually, the Negro League baseball team started back in the 1880s when there was this, quote, gentleman's agreement to keep black players out of the major leagues, keep them segregated, basically. Uh, uh, they formed their own leagues or major leagues, if you would, in 1920s. And then they continued all the way up until about 1960 when, of course, all the the uh, the best of the African-American players were brought into the major leagues. But, uh, you know, that's where Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and Ernie Banks and, you know, a lot of other players like that came came from originally. So super cool. Uh, they had a whole area where they're, they're doing um, auctions on a lot of items that are going for just insane amounts of money. But um, I got to work uh, one day uh, in the trophy area. I was actually right there next to the World Series trophy, which is cool because everybody wanted to have their picture taken with what's going to be awarded for this year's World Series, kind of like being next to the Stanley Cup. And then there were, uh, the other day I, I, I was down there, I got to work um, in the uh, batting cages, basically. Uh, they, they have all these uh, cool metrics uh, attached to the bats so they can like measure uh, batters bat speeds for instance kind of like they do with the major leaguers um so i, I was in the batting cage and uh, I'll, I'll be down there again tomorrow working and uh, and then taking in the home run derby and then the all-star game on tuesday so uh i'm you know enthusiastic as heck about that i love baseball and th- this has been just a really really fun time here in denver with the all-star games i got to see a lot of cool players uh they got you know guys coming down there giving talks and autographs i got to i got an autograph yesterday bert campanaris just wanted to tell you about him real quickly so uh, i actually had an old baseball card really good condition and got him to sign that yesterday so that was cool but Bert Campanaris pulled off a feat. Uh, I mean, he was a great ball player, but he pulled off a great feat one day that kind of blew my mind. I mean, I knew that he had played all nine positions in one game. So, uh, you know, each inning he just rotated around into a different position, but on a different glove, I would assume, a lot of the time. But when he pitched, I didn't realize this, but he pitched ambidextrously when he did that. Uh, I think there were about a half dozen pitch, uh, players who have done the uh, one one uh, position or played at each position in a game, but I didn't realize that he had actually, when he pitched, he pitched ambidextrously. So that was pretty funny. I um, I asked him about it when he uh, he was giving me his autograph on his ba- on the baseball card I had, but I don't think he speaks English. He's uh, he's originally from uh, Latin America, so uh, I'm not sure if uh, he understood what I was asking him. But uh, that that must have been quite the uh, sight to see. So. Uh, um, you know, I know they got some other great players coming down. I hope to get a few more autographs. So awful lot of fun. If you're in Denver, I would definitely recommend getting down to the convention center and, and going to the play ball park. It, it is really a lot of fun. So uh, I've bored you guys already for 10 minutes talking about that. Uh, in the next power play next week, I'm going to get back to talking about technique and such. And we're going to talk about being consistent. So we'll get back to that next week. This week, though, I did want to talk about something that I mentioned at the end of the podcast episode where I had Alicia Shearer on talking about burrow racing. And I'll tell you what, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. That was really fun also because uh, burrow racing is something you know most of us don't know much about. It's uniquely Colorado, but really cool um, just uh, uh, hearing about burrow racing. Uh, and, you know, it is an endurance event too. Really cool. But at the end, I mentioned about the um, 
American Heroes Run Challenge. And the American Heroes Run, of course, is the race that David started uh, back in uh, 12 years ago now. And it honors first responders, military veterans, and service people, as well as the lives lost on 9-11. And, you know, the uh, sub-motto, if you would, or the motto of the race is patriotism without politics. I know something we can all get behind. And, uh, you know, David started this race and, uh, you know, it was, it was very poignant to host that last year after David had passed um, to basically continue to honor his legacy, keep that going. And I saw how much that race meant to the people who were able to make it there. Uh, we had to jump through a lot of hoops to get that race off the ground in the, in the era of COVID. And, um, you know, we pulled it off. We, we had, uh, you know, uh, more than 100, uh, 120 runners, whatever, who, who were able to make it in for that. Considering we only got the permits, I, I think it was 11 or 12 days before the race actually occurred, which was very tough. Um, but, we, but we had it all put together and um, it, it was cool. We had a lot of great performances there last year. And um, we, we had a duel in the, uh, uh, 20, in the 100 mile race. Uh, it came down to the last couple laps actually for uh, yeah, a couple runners who were dueling right to the end of the 100 mile. I, I take it back. This was in the 24 hour race. Let me, I may have that backwards there. Uh, we had Jason Romero, for instance, who won the um, 24 hour. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. Jason Romero it won the 100 miler, I believe. And again, I may be getting this backwards now. My memory's already fading, but. Uh, so no, Jason won the hundred miler. That's right. He ran about 20 and a half hours in the hundred miler. Um, Jason is legally blind. So, uh, you may have heard him on a previous podcast episode. Um, very exciting that he could win the race. Uh, we had Julia Beckley out there in her wheelchair. She completed more than 30 miles in her wheelchair on that. I know this year she's going to be out there going for 100 miles in her wheelchair uh, on, on the course. So uh, I don't know how many places have uh, been able to allow uh, people in wheelchairs and hundred milers uh, to do a hundred miles and, um, and not how many, or even how many have accomplished it, but she's going to be going for that this year. So that'll be exciting to see. Uh, as I mentioned last year, we had a couple of folks dueling then for the 24 hour title and it did come down to the last couple of laps. Uh, among the folks who were in there at the end was uh, Ed Eddinghausen, who is known as the, uh, the the jester. So it's cool to have him out there. We had a couple folks who did some incredible stuff. We had um, Eugene Bruckert from Illinois came up to elevation uh, and completed 50 miles in the 24 hours. Oh, by the way, Eugene is, uh, let's see, what was he, 76 years old or something? Seven, something like, oh, no, no, I took it back. Eugene is 85 years old. That's right. Eugene was 85 years old and completed 50 miles in the 24 hours. We had another woman from Longmont, and I'm sorry, I'm spacing out her name right now. She was 74 years old and completed the 50 mile in about 17 and a half hours. So really cool performances. So if you can make it out for the American Heroes Run, it's in Longmont, Colorado, which is east of Boulder on September 11th this year. Um, it, it would uh, You would be thrilled with, with the experience, I'm sure. It, it is a 1.05 mile loop. And I kind of thought, okay, this is kind of one of David's crazy ideas because he doesn't mind repetition and such. But it, it turned out great. Um, we set up a huge screen at the start-finish line so people can kind of see their progress as well as those who are in the in their the divisions with them so they can kind of track everybody else. And, of course, it makes it very convenient in terms of being able to get out, you know, fueling out on the run, um, in terms of knowing the course, if you would, uh, when you're running through the night if you're doing that. Um, so, you know, just, uh, there were a lot of benefits to it and it turned out to be really cool. And, 
Uh, and it's not just uh, those long distance events. We have uh, races in distance from, we've got 5K, um, we've got 9.11 mile. And as you'll see, David put in a lot of uh, tributes, if you would, to 9-11 itself. So that's one distance, 9.11 miles. There's a half marathon, a marathon, a nine hour and 11 minute run, a 24 hour run and a hundred mile run. And again, keeping with the theme, uh, there's uh, the, the, fi- the half marathon begins at the time that the first tower of the World Trade Center was struck by the plane. The 9.11 mile run begins when the second tower was struck. And the 5K begins when one of those hijacked planes uh, ended up plowing into the Pentagon. So, um, so a lot of tie-ins there. And again, it's all, you know, to honor uh, first responders and uh, the service people and veterans and those who lost their lives on 9-11. And incidentally, if you are a first responder, I do have a code, contact me, and you will get 50% off of your um, entry uh, for, for running one of the races. We had one guy last year, Darren Reba, who ran the 9.11 mile race in full firefighter gear, which is really cool. So I hope Darren will be back. I would love to see more first responders out there running in uniform. If you are a first responder and wish to run the race, please contact me and I will give you a coupon code to use to get 50% off of your registration. We want to show our appreciation to you. And uh, again, we will honor patriotism and uh, do, it, do it the right way. And, uh, you know, it is a great event. So um, if you can't make it into Longmont on 9-11 for that, we do have a virtual option also uh, for $49. You can do the virtual option and you will still receive, you know, finisher's award certificate and shirt for uh, doing the uh, for, um, American Heroes Run wherever you happen to be. And love to have you participate as part of it. All the registration can be done at ultrasignup.com. And I will have a, the actual link, if you would, to directly to the race uh, on the uh, show notes. If you just go to Ultra Sign Up and search on American Heroes Run, it pops up right away, too. So that would be great. So here is the challenge I put out with the uh, last episode. But in case you missed that, uh, I want to get your summer running goals in gear. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, after the pandemic or wh- whatever, may have said, hey, I got all these great intentions, but maybe it hasn't been quite going yet here. So. I'm looking for 10 runners to do the American Heroes Run Challenge. And there's, there are going to be two versions. Uh, the first is what I'm calling co- Couch to American Heroes Run. Uh, you can be starting from ground zero, or you could be maybe even, maybe you're able to complete a 5K run right now. Our goal is going to be getting you to complete the 9.11 mile run or half marathon, again, either in person or virtually. Uh, We've got about two months right now to the American Heroes Run, so there's plenty of time to get yourself ready for that. But you want to go ahead and get signed up right away here. So we're going to get you to be able to accomplish what I hope is uh, your Everest or an audacious goal to complete 9.11 miles or the half marathon. The second category I'm calling Couch to Marathon or More, although... You don't. I don't expect you to be starting from the couch to running a marathon, so it's not literally. But we're going to ramp you up from wherever you are. Maybe you can run a 10k today, or maybe in training for a half marathon. Let's get you to the marathon or further here in the next two months. Something that's doable here. We've got good weather, so we want you to be able to complete the American Heroes Run marathon, 24 hour or 100 mile run. And, um, you know, it's, it's something, again, we've got about two months. We can ramp you up. We'll get you ready. The nice thing, again, is this course in Longmont, it's a loop, and it is, it's really flat. So uh, you're not going to have to do a lot of hill training. 
And, um, you know, we may do a little bit of speed training here because, uh, um, you, you know, it is, like I say, a flatter course. But again, we're going to build you up here and get you ready to do one of those races, either the marathon, the 24-hour, the 100-miler. So since we're starting right after Independence Day here in the States, uh, the cost is going to be only $76 per month. And what you're going to get for that is personal coaching from me. I've been coaching for more than 30 years. I'm an ultra runner myself. Uh, if, those of you who don't know, I've, I've run the, the Leadville 100 many times and other races of, of, of long distance. And I've been coaching runners for, as I mentioned, for more than 30 years. So you receive personal coaching from me, and you're going to get 50% off of one of the American Heroes Run races, whichever one you choose to do. So that alone is worth anywhere from $25 up to maybe $87.50 for the 100-miler as uh, half off. So uh, you're getting uh, you know, an additional value right there, and you're going to get a copy of your choice of one of David Clark's books, either out there broken open or eat shit and die all of them are super motivation they will help you uh, either make breakthroughs in your life maybe improve your eating habits uh, probably do all of those things they will definitely change your outlook on life so you'll get one of those books as your choice as my gift to you also for signing up for the american heroes run challenge so either out there broken open or eat shit and die so you're getting a great value with all of that and that's just for $76 per month. So love to have you join in. I'm only going to take 10 runners. So um, please get a hold of me as soon as possible. Join the challenge. You can reach me at silly underscore Billy at msn.com or at Facebook or Instagram messengers. Uh, I'm available out there and I'll have all that in the show notes as well. So um, definitely uh, get yourself signed up for that. Let's get onto your summer running goals. I'm excited to see you accomplish something maybe that you've never believed you could accomplish before. So um, I, I think that's about it for today. It's been it's a great sports weekend, and uh, I'm just enjoying the heck out of it right now. And I hope you're having a great one too. And um, just want to thank you again for listening to the Ameri- for to listening to the uh, We Are Superman podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends or on social media. And please take a minute and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. These five-star ratings really help us rise higher in the podcast services search algorithms and helps more people find our show. The We Are Superman podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. And please drop me a note and let me know what you think of the We Are Superman podcast as well as these power plays. Your feedback is important because I'd like to be keep providing content that is meaningful to you in a similar kind of level that David was able to provide to you. And just as a reminder again, please contact me if you or someone you know has written a book or is looking for editing or proofreading services to ensure that it goes to press perfectly written without typos, misspellings, and grammatical errors. And I'll tell you what, you know, I've often said, you know, nothing destroys a book's credibility more than poor writing and editing. I've been down there looking at all those exhibits down uh, associated with the baseball uh, event here. And I, I'll even find that the uh, the errors in the displays out there. These are, you know, like traveling exhibits that I'm sure, you know, thousands of people have looked at. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, they misspelled this or they missed that. It's it's kind of funny. That's that's the uh, kind of annoying, picky person I am. But that's what I'll do for your your publication to make sure it goes to press perfectly. So make sure it has that credibility. And, uh, you know, like I say, let me know. And I'd love to uh, put my set of eyes on, on your publication as well to make sure it's perfect. So until next time, get your vaccination so we can all get back to the people and doing the things we love, like going to baseball games and all-star games and things like that. And always be positive. 